Thank you for double-clicking your mouse tonight. You're listening to the Midnight Frightcast in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Welcome to the Midnight Frightcast, episode number 89. I am one of your hosts, Josh. We are missing Maddie today, but we have the Doctor of Filmonomics, Greg. What's up, people? And the Doctor of Everything Else, Patrick. Hey, everybody. How's it going? We are still in quarantine. We are still in COVID, but we are still talking horror. So... Uh, tonight, we got uh, some cool stuff to cover, uh, but first, we're going to talk about what we've been watching. Of course, as usual, I'm going to pick on the Dr. Filmonomics himself first. All right. You know, you'd think being in quarantine, I'd be watching a lot more, but I really haven't been watching a whole lot of anything. I've been trying to keep updated on The Mandalorian, which, holy shit, it's a great show. Oh, it really God, is. The last couple- Last couple episodes have just been mind-blowing. Because I've been watching The Mandalorian, it's it's triggered my want to watch the Star Wars series. So I went back and I started with episode one and two. Why I did that, I probably hate myself because, <laughs> good God, they are still terrible. It's, yeah. it's your love three. for Jar Jar Binks. Oh, hell no. Actually, if anything, it'd be Natalie Portman, but that'd be about it. <laughs> So I'm gonna I'm gonna knock out episode three probably tomorrow and then I'm gonna get into the good stuff. So that's really all that I've been watching up to this point. Disney's made some really cool announcements uh, lately, though, mm-hmm. on the Star Wars front. I'm not a I've never biggest was a big Star Wars person. I feel like I'm the only person not watching The Mandalorian right now. But going back to episode one and two, I think Hayden Christensen's coming back to play Vader. Vader. In, uh, mm-hmm. Was it Kenobi? Is it the Obi-Wan yep. Kenobi series, yep. yes. Yeah. Um, so that might be kind of interesting. But they've dropped a bunch of Star Wars announcements this last week, which, mm-hmm. again, if you're a Star Wars fan, I guess that's pretty cool. Not so much for me. They, they made all these announcements. <laughs> and the only one I was really excited for was they announced a film called Lightyear. And I'm kind of interested in that. This isn't horror. So <laughs> uh, back to topic. Patrick, what have you been watching? After taking a brief hiatus from you know after our 31 days of horror and not watching horror for a while i got back on the bandwagon to catch a few more 2020 films uh, i spent some time on shutter a film called vfw still I, I love the movie is it horror is it thriller i'm not sure but it's still a good fucking movie check out vfw i watched a film called porno yes uh, yes <laughs> and it was an okay film oh it was an okay film. Not going to hit my list for 2020, but it was an okay film. I caught a film called Bad Hair. I tried watching that one, and I could not get through it. I would say pass. I got all the way through, but I would say pass. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Mortuary Collection has landed on a few people's lists, so I thought I would catch that one. It's an anthology. Some of the stories were really, really good in there. But as a whole film, uh, I, I'm not sold on anthologies hitting a top 10 list. I caught a film um, on Netflix called His House that I suggest for people to watch. It's hitting some 2020 lists. Really interesting, different style of horror. So I would su- suggest that one. And then I caught another one called Anything for Jackson, which is kind of like a reverse possession where an older couple that lose their grandchild try to put the spirit of the grandchild into, a, into the child of a pregnant woman. And some of the spooks, some of the scares in that were really interesting. And I felt that one's worth the watch as well. So that's what I've been watching. Patrick just like smashed through like either something that I've watched or something that's on my list to watch. But the, the one thing that I picked out of the thing that Patrick watched was I did watch porno on Shudder. I did not watch porn on Shudder. I watched a <laughs> film called Porno on Shudder. And you nice bet say. your that movie's going to smash on my top 10 list this year. Really? I love that movie. Okay. I had so much goddamn fun in that movie. It, I, it was fun, but it was not the, it was, it was 
It was described as a hilarious or outrageous comedy. It was not an outrageous comedy for me. You didn't laugh? You didn't laugh at that movie? I chuckled. <laughs> I had so much goddamn fun during that movie. I'm not going to say I was rolling around on the floor laughing and shit during that movie, but again, when it comes to movies that just like have this super fun element and it was like a nice like like this 90s throwback. It did um, have that, yes. So there's like a lot of nostalgia in the movie also. So uh, I, fuck, I had so much fun during that movie. But yeah, VFW is on my list. Uh, His House is on my list. And there's a couple others that I, I definitely want to check out. I have two weeks left in December. I'm going to try to smash through as many 2020 films as I can in the next two weeks. But yeah, as far as what I watched, as far as talking about, that film porno was, was really good. I checked it out. And then I just rebought because my kids ruined my copies of the uh, Lord of the Rings. I just rebought those and I started in the Hobbit and I've, I've been working my way through those. So I'm, I don't know, like, I'm not like, it's not super like really my, my cup of tea, like genre wise fantasy and stuff, but those movies I uh, have a love for. So, well, and I would still argue though, that the Hobbit should have been one movie. I know. I, I you said that before, but I mean, Leave it to Peter Jackson yep. and uh, to, to make it three. So, uh, but I still have a really good time watching those, uh, those hobbits, you know, walk to the mountain. So, <laughs> so, so yeah, man. Um, Next thing he's going to be watching is Hobbit porno. Right. Yep. Can't wait. <laughs> Can't wait till that movie comes out. I mean, they don't have, never mind. So I'm going to have Patrick kind of sneak in this next segment because he has the list in front of him and I don't. Uh, go ahead, Patrick. Just okay. So in our next podcast, we're going to be covering our favorites of 2020. So there've already been a lot of lists coming out and we ran across one and we always refer to these as our Karen lists, right? Where <laughs> we always wonder who puts these lists together. And the title of this list was 13 Horror Movies That Were Scary as Hell This Year. And we chose this list because we've seen a majority of them and can talk about them. So I'm just going to bring them up one at a time. We're going to comment on them briefly. We're not going to make this last forever because then we're going to talk about what we're going to look forward to in 2021 right after this. We just thought we'd reflect a bit, talk about next year, and kind of move on from there. So the first one on this list of the 13 horror movies that were scary as hell this year, The Invisible Man. Greg, your thoughts. <laughs> you wanted me to keep this brief, right? Yes, yes. I know that I know that you can almost do a revenge tangent on this one. I I could and I would and I really really want to, but I think we should save it for next year so that we can uh spoil the shit out of it. My 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 most brief comments on this movie is that they did it a disservice for what it could have been by making it a horror movie. If they had landed it in the drama thriller genre, I think that it would have been worlds better than what they made it into. I, I loved Elizabeth Moss in this. I'm not giving her any crap because she's a phenomenal actress, Scientology aside. She did incredible with what she was given in this. But the fact that they went horror and they didn't make it a almost a social commentary type drama thriller. I think just it, it lowered the bar for me significantly. I know it was not scary in the least bit. I would agree with you that I think this is an excellent thriller, not so much horror. However, one would argue that this movie does have the social commentary with what women have to go through on a daily basis, just walking to their car, worrying, looking over their shoulders I mean, just just the pressures women have that mm -hmm. men don't understand. I think they did handle a good commentary with that. Could have been taken a little bit further. The one drawback for me on this movie was the CGI when it got into his outfit having issues. I think it dropped off a little bit there for me. Once again, the uh, uh, Kate Moss, not Kate Moss, uh, Elizabeth. does an outstanding job. She's an amazing actress. Yeah. And like I said, religion aside. Side note before, sorry, Josh, before I jump on, I'd be interested to, uh, to get an all female cast perspective on that movie. You know, it's, it's easy to watch that and kind of understand where they're going from, but we're male perspectives. We don't understand 
the reality of that situation. So yeah, I, I think it'd be I'm, fun to see them deconstruct that movie. Absolutely. Absolutely. So Josh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, uh, so I'm the asshole that made us do this. And I didn't first, I didn't see the first two movies on this list, uh, nor have <laughs> I seen like a handful of these movies on this list. So I'll just give this like this hand signal of like, don't call on me. Cause I didn't see it. I did not see the invisible man again. It's on my list. I just have not, I haven't watched it yet. So. Yeah, I would suggest watching this before end of year because it it, it could be a qualifier for your top. You think? Okay, I mean, yeah, I'll be. check it out. There's just, there's other ones that took, like, when we did that 31-day horror challenge, there's other ones that took priority that just looked more interesting to me. Even, like, a lot of them were indies, and they looked more interesting than The Invisible Man. So um, I just it just didn't make it a uh, priority. But I will check it out before we do our uh, our top ten list. So the next movie is called One BR, basically uh, One Bedroom. And it is about a young woman that moves into an apartment complex and not really knowing that she's moved into a cult complex. And to me, it was a really interesting psychological film. Not a ton of horror in this one, but I believe it would qualify as a horror movie. Have any of you guys seen this movie? I have not. Josh is down there screaming no. <laughs> it's it's on one that was on my list though. I wanted to check it out, and I just have not been able to find it. I also haven't been looking very closely for it. So if you know of where it's at and can direct me in said direction, it's on Netflix. It is on. Is it on Netflix? Mm-hmm. Fantastic. It's actually sitting on my list on Netflix. I just <laughs> again, it's just I made a a list. Once and, again, though, yeah. Once again, though, BuzzFeed. This is not. As scary as hell film. Yeah. Number three, The Grudge, the remake, the reboot, whatever you want to call this. Who's all seen this one? Uh, yeah, I got this one. All right. <laughs> this was not the fucking Grudge. They should have called it something different. This was a thousand percent dog crap is what they should have just called it. Um, I remember when the original Grudge came out and how effective that movie was. And I like John Cho. I like stuff that he does. I'm a fan of him as an actor. Lynn Shea's in this movie too. I mean, it's got a good cast. They just did not, their approach was, was really terrible when it came to this movie. And everything that made the grudge scary, the original grudge that made that movie scary, they took it all out of this. There's nothing in this movie that uh like no tension i mean there's nothing here that made this movie scary at all and for you know a, a grudge for a new generation of, of people that might go see this that didn't see the original grudge skip it don't watch this one go hunt down that original grudge and 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 watch that or go further back and hunt down juan and watch <laughs> that but do not watch this this 2020 grudge film it's it's awful yeah I agree with you on that. To me, it had typical Hollywood scares in it. It was not a reboot. It wasn't necessarily a remake. They call it the fourth installment of the of the series, of the franchise. I just don't think it held up to the other three at all. It was boring. Yeah. And that, that was part of the reason I didn't even want to see it, just with reboots, remakes, or sequel, whatever bullshit they're doing right now. They're just not doing well with it. And it's like, I don't want to see your your crappy reimagining of one of the greater horror movies from at least my growing upness. Right. So. Okay, number four, The Hunt. This had a theatrical release and it was in the theaters like a week or maybe two and then COVID shut it down hard. It's a group of people that wake up in a field and they find out that they're being hunted. It was actually delayed in release because of the political tones of the film, and they thought it would be safer to release it later. Oh. I did have a chance to see this. The acting in this is amazing. The premise is really good. The kills, the fights are really, really good. Is it a scary as hell film? I don't believe so. It is a really good film, though, that hits just on the line of horror. Did anybody else have a chance to see this one? No, but that is one that I will definitely check out before we do. I will check that out before I'll check out The Invisible Man. Yeah. Uh, Because The Hunt was I like it better than The Invisible Man. Yeah, that was on my list as well. 
Um, really interesting premise. I wouldn't say it's the mo- it's it's an original premise at all. Um, like the opening scene kind of reminded me of Hunger Games. Okay, gotcha. Just and, in a way where they had to run to the middle and grab the weapons and and try to survive from that point on. But it always kept me guessing. All and I'm way. not really looking forward to seeing Hillary Hillary Swank's face in it. But I mean, whatever. It's it's she she does great in the combat. That's for sure. Okay. Yeah, yeah but, a hell of a, a hell of a fight at the end of the movie. It's just really good, yeah. good choreography. Is is it streaming somewhere? Uh, I believe right now it is a prime rental. It's ah, a prime okay. rental. Yeah, it's like it's like five ninety nine. I think on Prime right now. So yeah. right. that was one of those that went early access on Prime though. Yeah. Um, so it may so. be lower. I don't know for sure. Okay. Number five is Josh's favorite of the year, Gretel and Hansel. <laughs> Tell us how much uh, you love that one. I mean, I, I feel like that was one of those because that's 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 grim fairy tale, right? Gretel yeah. Hansel was grim. Had all the the makings of of the possibility to be a, a legit like super dark, really scary horror film, and they just it, the approach was like all wrong. I wouldn't even say it was cast bad because it, I I thought the, the cast did a really good job. But they had a really piss poor script. Uh, the story was really bad. There was just nothing in there that that kept my attention at all. And I was really bummed because I was really excited to see that film and did everything I could to kind of wait for it to come out and hunt it down. And then it was just a big ball of disappointment for me. Yeah, to me, this ended up being more of an art film than a horror film. Greg, did you have a chance to see it? No, I, I was ready and re- uh, ready and raring to check this one out. This was on my my 2019 list of uh, what I was anticipating for 2020, uh, just because I love that folklore. I love the the Grimm's fairy tales types of movies. And then Josh kind of killed it for me. <laughs> so no, I have not seen it. I, I'll probably watch it at some point, but it's not high on my list of things to get knocked out quick. Okay, the next film I believe we covered in the podcast, The Lodge. Correct, we did. Do we need and, to say any more about it? <laughs> yeah. do, we, do we want to say any more about it? I think I we all ended up liking it, but knew that it could have been taken a bit further. We all recognized that the kids were pretty damn creepy mm-hmm. in the film, but we also didn't know what was reality and what was supernatural mm-hmm. in it. Right. There was some clarification uh, issues, but I think in the end we all enjoyed it. I don't think we all would have said it was scary as hell. No, I, no, I think it's one of the scarier ones on here just because you get to a point of what is real and what is supernatural. And I think that heightens the level of, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what, again, what's real. And I, I felt, and if I remember right from when we talked about this originally, the real horror is watching the descent of the girlfriend and seeing what the, what the kids are, what the kids are doing yeah. and how it's like throwing her completely back into a life that she once knew. And that was, that for me was probably the best part of the entire movie. Yeah. They did a really good job playing that, uh, making you play that guessing game. And yeah. So psychologically that, that movie was on fucking point. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yep. Everything, uh, no, no, no real, no real scare factor to it, but I mean, visually i guess mentally like depending on kind of what mindset you were in at the time when you watched that movie that could have had a a definite scare feel to it definitely had that um that shining element to it mm-hmm. where oh yeah i agree with that absolutely yeah. so it's, it kind of gave you that same feeling of isolation now the next movie i don't think we have to cover because i don't think anyone in this group has seen it fantasy island Ugh, no I don't think any, yeah, it had horrible reviews, so I have avoided it. The next one just came out recently, I think uh, just a couple weeks ago, and then it hit uh, VOD right afterwards, and that is Vince Vaughn's Freaky. On my list. To me, the buildup for this movie made it a letdown for me. It's hitting a lot of top 10 lists, so I suggest everybody at least see it and... Mm -hmm. Make up your own mind about it. I thought Vince Vaughn did a very fine job, but I still don't see it being as great as it was made up to be. And like I said, maybe that was my own expectations being set too high, but this was one of those Jason Blum, Blumhouse, new horror style movies 
that right. sometimes I think he he misses the mark on. This looks like it has that um, that same like kind of fun element that you get if you watched uh, Ready or Not, something like that. People were like, "Give Vince Vaughn a goddamn Oscar," because they just thought he was so. I'm hearing, I'm reading. He's like, how he's he's really good, but it's not like it. It's also Vince Vaughn doing what Vince Vaughn does. That's mm-hmm. true. Very true. So yeah, I I say watch it. Take it. <laughs> take an opportunity and watch it, and uh, make up your own mind. I believe we've all three seen the next one called The Platform. Mm-hmm. This is a, a Spanish sci-fi horror in which there's this multi-level building where this platform of food gets lowered from the top to the bottom. And it's all about who's going to leave food for the next group or if they're going to spend their time to just be gluttonous. I really enjoyed the psychology of this movie quite a bit. And I would recommend it for people to watch. Greg? I I second that. And I think uh, we, I had you watch this in our, recommend for one of our other cast mm-hmm. people the, the it's a it's a social commentary for sure uh so if you're into social commentaries it's probably not for you but the the stylistic horror of what it was is done incredibly well i yeah i i don't i don't want to say too much more about it i don't want to spoil anything if you're remotely interested in it and you don't mind a uh don't mind a foreign language film and reading subtitles jump on that uh, yeah, I mean, I can't say much more. We all really, I think, enjoyed that movie. It was really well done. Again, not a scary film, but a very disturbing, mm-hmm. uh, visually disturbing film to watch. It's a real bummer of a movie, but uh, again, really well done. Yeah, yeah. To me, not scary. So to end up on a list of scary as hell movies surprised me. The next movie, I don't think any of us have seen either. A movie called Swallow. Mm-mm. No, people are comparing it to honestly, like a, a My Strange Addiction style movie. So, I have not seen anything except for the last movie that's on this list. So the next oh, okay. three, I... I'll jump to The Rental, which is Dave Franco's directorial be- uh, debut. Uh, James Franco's oh. younger brother, and it's an interesting film it really is for a directorial debut i thought he handled it extremely well there are uh, lots of moments of tension in this film but still it's kind of comes in at average for me greg did you have a chance to see this one i did not no okay Um, i'm intrigued to check it out though i i do like dave franco he's growing more and more of a uh of an interest for me as a, as a talent. I think the first place I ever saw him was in the, the ninth season of scrubs and I wanted to punch him in the face like minute one. (laughs) So he's been kind of growing as a, uh, as somebody that I want to follow more and more since that point. (laughs) Okay. Then we've got two more movies on this list. I have not seen the next one. It is in my queue to watch but I didn't add it to my queue because I thought it was a horror movie. So that's why I'm kind of surprised it's on this list because even from the beginning and watching the trailer, I didn't feel it was a horror film. And that film is called I'm Thinking of Ending Things. Has anyone seen this one? Not. All right. So that's kind of up to us to watch it and see what it's about. It seems like the cast is pretty solid, though, looking at this picture. So uh, it is about a woman doubting her relationship despite bringing her boyfriend home to meet the parents full of unexpected twists and turns that leaves viewers <laughs> guessing until the very end. So that's, I'm thinking about ending things. And the last movie on this list is about the only one I think should be on this list, even close to being on this list. And that is the Shutter original host. And it is a COVID-19 pandemic movie shot using zoom and edited I mean, obviously they use stuff outside of Zoom, but it was shot and edited as a pandemic movie. It was smart. It was intelligent. There were times where the tension was solid for several minutes at a time. I just think this really resonated well with me. I, I second that. You know, I I know we're going to talk about our, our top 10 or top five or however many top movies for 2020. I, I almost want to give this one the top spot just because of what it was, what they did and what we've all been through. Like, even if you're not a fan of horror movies, 
you should watch this movie because you will immediately understand exactly what's what's happening with it. Yeah, it unfolds right before your very eyes. It's as if you're sitting in a Zoom meeting like we yeah. are now and shit goes down. Again, can't say much more. They, it's easily the, the, the scariest film on the list. Uh, they did a really good job pushing some stuff in the movie for a, a film that's shot all on Zoom. Like that could go terribly south mm-hmm. uh, real quick. It could be super boring to watch that movie, but they did um, a really good job uh, with some of the uh, the uh, the scare elements in that movie, and yeah, I thought it was I thought it was a lot of fun. So, I don't know, best movie I've seen of twenty twenty or twenty twenty, no, but uh, definitely the scariest movie on this list, uh, and and again, a really good movie that I would check out if you have Shutter. So that is the list by BuzzFeed, by the way. So. I don't think I want to listen to BuzzFeed and their recommendations. <laughs> With that being said, see none of these. Yeah, except the host. <laughs> Definitely see the host. Yeah, do there's, there's movies I recommend as movies, just not as necessarily scary as hell movies. Uh, we're gonna, just going to go through a couple of things real quick before I hit our feature. Um, every year before we do our top 10, uh, we talk about the films that we are excited for uh, – coming out the next year you might hear some repeats because a lot of the films that we're excited about coming out this year didn't come out and they're coming out next year so there might be some repeats in here but as excited for them in 2021 as we were in 2020 and uh, hopefully they can actually be released and and come out with that being said we're going to cover just a top five maybe pick five of 2021 that's coming out uh going through this list right now i don't honestly know if i can even pick five it's tough there's a lot of really good horror coming out in 21 if they come out so so yeah gregory so i don't have a a really good lead in i've been jonesing for some uh action ever since endgame spider-man far from home came out there hasn't been much in the way of superhero movies that look appealing or even remotely interesting. Obviously we haven't gotten anything from Marvel on the, uh, on the theatrical front. So I did come across this movie supposed to be released March 19th. Again, take that with a grain of salt because we could still be here three months from now. God, I hope not. Is a movie called Morbius. Yeah. Starring yeah. Jared Leto. It's a, uh, it's a Spider-Man uh, villain film which uh done very similarly to what they did with venom but it looks a hell of a lot better not knocking tom hardy and what he did with venom you know jared leto is an incredible actor i think he's going to do some good things with this and i think they're gonna they're gonna take that to the next level with this movie so i'm in i'm intrigued to see that one april 23rd they have listed quiet place part two i'm very excited to see what uh what they're going to do with that where they're going to go most of all and uh you know, it's just, it looks exciting for me. May 25th, they have listed for Spiral, which is the reboot, the sequel, the I don't know what of the Saw series, but Chris Rock jumping in and uh, taking taking a spin at the helm on that one. Uh, I'll check it out because I like the Saw series. I think it'll be interesting to say the least. Another one that crossed my, my mind, or when I was doing my research, that looked very interesting uh, September 24th is a release date for a movie called Dark Harvest. I don't know much about what the uh, what the synopsis said. It looked interesting. And at this point, I just want to see something that looks interesting and looks or that is a good movie. So uh, that one is on my list. And then one that has a to be announced. Uh, we've been all waiting for it is the reboot of Jordan Peele's Candyman. Yeah. Spiral, uh, like you said, it's really gonna be really fun uh i think everybody in our group was looking forward to Candyman. um so uh morbius again i'm not a comic book person but it looks super dark from like the little trailers you've seen and like you said jared leto kills it every time and he he couldn't do any worse than his joker that's fine yeah uh patrick what are you what are you looking forward to well I couldn't come up with five because I can't get past just the one I'm looking forward to the most in 2021. And that is the wrong turn reboot. 
Are you being serious? No, like, I'm not being serious at all. I, uh, I think that's going to be a pile of shit. You got me so, really excited <laughs> because I, I'm, I'm actually looking forward to that. Are you? Yeah. I, I, I was never a wrong turn fan. I was never a wrong turn fan. Yep. Big fan. So, Big fan. The right. ones that I'm looking forward to, obviously, you already mentioned A Quiet Place Part 2. You mentioned Candyman. I'm looking forward to Halloween Kills. Yeah. And maybe I'm putting that too high up in my mind, but I'm looking forward to that one. The Kid in Me, I think, is just going to absolutely love Ghostbusters Afterlife. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I forget about that. Comedy horror. It's light horror. Whatever you want to call it, it's still horror, and I'm looking forward to that movie. The one that I'm looking forward to the most in 2021, we've talked about it before, is Terrifier 2. Yeah. I am jonesing for that hard. So that is my list. I'll I'll play cleanup because you guys listen to a bunch (laughs) that I'm like really looking forward to. Uh, But there's a couple that you didn't that uh, I'm pretty excited for. A big one for me is uh, the new Conjuring movie. I'm a big fan of James Wan and what he did with the Conjuring films. Uh, the Conjuring Three looks really interesting, and 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 scare scare elements like that's the kind of shit that makes me really uncomfortable. Are, are those kind of films? Um, so looking forward to Conjuring Three. Really looking forward to. Patrick already said it, but uh, I'm going to double it because Ghostbusters Afterlife is going to be so much fucking fun, and I just know that movie is going to be worth waiting for uh, that extra year. But I'm also looking forward to stuff like uh, Godzilla versus King Kong. Uh, mm-hmm. I like mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Halloween Kills, again, Patrick already said. But I think the the big, big horror film that I'm really looking forward to uh, for 2021, and I, I hope it comes out, is Guillermo del Toro's Antlers. That's what I'm really looking forward to. That movie just looks dark as shit. And del Toro's behind it, and I'm a fan of his stuff. And uh, I'm really looking forward to antlers. And there's so much more. Did you mention last night in Soho? Did you mention that Patrick? You said that, right? I did not. You did not. Okay. Yeah. There, I know there's that- still so many movies coming out that I would, that I would, I, I, I would love to see, but they're not on like my top five. Gotcha. So uh, but yeah. Killer, killer list. Uh, 2021 is going to be a really good year for horror, especially since nothing came out this year. Uh, <laughs> You know what I mean? It's all coming out. It's all dumping next year, plus whatever was supposed to probably dump next year. So it's going to be, if you're a horror fan, you're going to just be overloaded and be chasing and and good luck catching all of it. But I'm sure you all have your your five or ten or whatever that you absolutely have to, to see. Yeah. Looking how, forward to it. How do we feel about the uh, the 60-day horror challenge and starting in September next year? Um, crawl into a hole and die, man. Because I do. We, do we uh, want to hate movies that much? No, no. Uh, but when it's been over a year since you've been to a movie theater, you might do it. Mm-hmm. If you're looking forward to just get back into that that kind of space and watching the movies in, in that kind of format, might do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, let's talk about holiday films since uh, that's what we're going to be talking about here for our feature. Let's just cover some of our favorite holiday horror films, films that you, I guess you like to watch around this time that are in the horror genre. Let's cover some of those. Uh, Patrick, you want to go first? Yes. There's, I mean, there's, there's all sorts of Christmas holiday horror movies out there and the quality ranges normally from really shitty to horrible. But there are some diamonds in the rough out there. There are some that really make watching a Christmas horror film enjoyable. One that we talked about before is A Christmas Horror Story. I think, Josh, you and I covered that when we resurrected the podcast, the Frightcast. A Christmas Horror Story. Four years ago, whenever the hell it was. You and I covered that. And it was one of those I didn't think I would enjoy and just ended up having a lot of fun with that movie and it's one that i'll still you know when christmas rolls around and i'm looking for something that's different i'll pop that in i really enjoy that movie uh greg you want to throw one out uh actually i completely forgotten about that uh until just a few little bit ago i was scanning through some christmas horror movies and uh 
stumbled we'll across back. that one, and I, I would agree with the Christmas Horror Story. So, Okay, cool. Yeah, that's the first film that we covered when we resurrected the Frycast four years ago was uh, Christmas Horror Story. What a film to pick. <laughs> what a, out of the, all the movies we could have picked, but it was around December, right? That when we did that, so mm-hmm. kind of worked out. I'm just going to throw this out out of the gate first because it's a film that I have to watch around this time every year. Just watched it with my daughter for the first time last year, um, and that was Gremlins. I watched that movie around this time. It's, it's a, a safe horror film to watch i feel like it's a starter kit horror film but uh yeah i I showed that that film to uh emma uh last year when we watched that around this time and yeah gremlins is one i definitely chase around this time because it's just that's a movie i saw when i was a kid so that's just kind of followed me to being old and uh a film that i like to watch so gremlins Gremlins was on my list, so I'm throwing that out. It's my second one. Uh, yes, it's definitely a Christmas movie, and it definitely is a lot of fun. And for kids, it could be scary. But it is a good, solid Christmas horror film. Yeah. Great. You got okay. another one? So, yeah, I think I think one that could be thrown into that is it Christmas, is it Halloween movie debate is A Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah. Not truly a, a horror movie, but, uh, you know, it's it's Tim Burton created so i think it falls into that uh that weird could be anything category but yep. it's it's a it's a cult classic it's uh a really really good movie and i i like to watch it around christmas and halloween so why would you say uh no to a movie you can watch twice uh, in the year twice throughout the right. year so remember right. before christmas i'm gonna eat shit for this one um <laughs> but that's okay because i eat big bowls of shit all the time when i talk about this stuff so it's cool one that we've we kind of sort of recently discovered um, that came out within the last couple of years. I don't remember the what year it came out, but again, a, a really fun one was Better Watch Out. Um, I really dig that film. Um, it's a lot of fun. If you ever wanted to know if the Home Alone theory could be proven, watch Better Watch Out if you haven't seen it, uh, because that's something that's it's, part of that movie. It's Go what ahead. Home Alone should have been. Yeah, kind of, kind of. But yeah, better watch out. It's just uh, it's it's a fun movie, and uh, the the lead kid in that film uh, just makes you want to strangle that kid. So um, yeah, it's a it's a it's a good watch though. So and that's always I think that's streaming on Tubi TV right now. It's always streaming somewhere. Um, so you can find Better Watch Out pretty easily. Better Watch Out was number three on my list just because I enjoy the hell of that one as well. So I'm just going to keep that as my third one and pass on to Greg. So uh, my next one is one we've actually talked about already tonight uh, was The Lodge. Not a true Christmas movie, but based around Christmas. And I think it's a great horror movie. So not much more you can say about that one. I'm waiting for someone to say Die Hard. So I can (laughs) read this and smack them. There's a film that came out uh, again. I... I don't know the year because this fucking shit doesn't say years. Um, doesn't give me the year. Uh, but there's a film that came out a few years back uh, called ATM, uh, which is something I pull out around this time. Super simple film. Um, and it's one of those films that like, it's like it took place on Christmas kind of. Um, so you count it as a Christmas movie, I guess. Mm-hmm. But it's three people uh, leaving in an office Christmas party. Uh, they stop at this one of those ATM places that like it's like an ATM but you have to go inside the, the little building to the like use the ATM. yeah thank you Greg <laughs> uh, for using words that I clearly can't figure out um, uh, they get uh, basically trapped and like stalked by this killer on the outside and uh, it's it's if, have you guys, have you seen that Greg I know I loaned I, I loaned lent that one to you check it, out um... I don't think so. You gave it back. Okay. I probably didn't get a chance to watch it. Uh, but yeah, it's uh ATM is definitely one of those films that uh, I definitely recommend around this time. It's, it's a really good, fun watch. Uh, super easy watch. So yeah, it's uh good stuff. And it's got like Josh from Jacob, yep. Josh or whatever that Jacob show was. Josh, on yeah, Nickelodeon. Yeah, yeah. Yep. 
Yeah. That it was, was actually, a, I just looked it up. 2012. Yeah. It's a uh, good stuff. So check out ATM. Sorry, Greg, but I'm going to steal one of yours. And I'm going to say Krampus is just a good movie to watch at this time of the year. Yeah. I'm yeah. going to leave it at that, Greg. I'll let you talk about it. I don't think there's much more to say. I mean, if you want a good uh, Christmas movie that, or excuse me, a good Christmas horror movie, I think Krampus should take number one, if not be in the top three to five of anybody's list. Uh, incredibly well done practical effects. You know, you got Adam Scott, David Koechner in there. Great cast. I can't think of the kid's name. Shoot. I think he's the one that steals the entire show. Like MG Anthony or something. I can't remember what it is. Emma and I watched that during the 31 day horror challenge. Uh, Cause mm-hmm. I let her pick a couple of the films that uh, we watched through October. And she wanted <clears> to <throat> put that on her list for her Christmas movie watch. But um, it's not like really a, a happy cheery one. So we, we kept that off her list, but sure. she did uh, Emma, Emma dug Krampus a lot. So, and that was her first time watch in October as well. So it is good stuff. And also, I, I don't know how I forgot the, this actress's name. and I can't think of her name right now. I'm blanking. Tony Collette. Thank you. I don't know how I missed her. Friggin' horror legend at this point. Yeah, the, the last film, again, uh, on the list for me is, I think, probably the only true horror film that we've mentioned. We've mentioned a lot of fun <laughs> films, but uh, Black Christmas. Black Christmas is a true horror Christmas film that I, I feel like is on my list to watch and cover around Christmas every year. Uh, Are you talking about the original? Yeah. I did not check out that remake bullshit. I did not. Um, I can't do it. Did you watch that? Yes, I did. It was, it was a letdown. I mean, they didn't, they didn't follow the story of the original black Christmas at all. Yeah. They basically said it took place at a sorority. Yeah. I'm not pretty much all they took from the original. Yeah. Choosing not to chase anything outside of that original yeah. Black Christmas film. So there's your list of holiday horror films. Now you can't say, I don't know what to watch. If I want to watch a horror film around Christmas, what do I watch? There's 15, or not 15, because there are some repeats, but there's a handful of films. We just threw them at you. Go check out some of them. Uh, they're all pretty goddamn fun. But speaking of holiday horror films, we're going to wrap it up. We're going to wrap it up with our, with our feature. And because Patrick picked this feature, I'm going to let him talk about it, and he's going to give you the deets. <laughs> I always give the deets. So anyway, here we go. Anna and the Apocalypse, 2017, running an hour 33, now showing on Hulu. A zombie apocalypse threatens the sleepy town of Little Haven at Christmas, forcing Anna and her friends to fight slash and sing their way to survival, facing the undead in a desperate race to reach their loved ones. But they soon discover that no one is safe in this new world, and with civilization falling apart around them, the only people they can truly rely on are each other. IMDb rating 6.0, Metacritic score 63%, Rotten Tomato Critic score 77%, and Rotten Tomato Audience score 62%. All of which are low. I feel they're low. I really yeah. do. But they, it is consistent across the board with the audience ratings of IMDb uh, 60%, Metacritic score 63 and Rotten Tomatoes audience 62 Yeah. So it is consistent. Maybe it's it, just us. Right. Um, I'm going to pick on Greg first, and here's why. Uh, a couple reasons. A, Greg said that he didn't have a lot to say about it anyway. That's fine. But when you pick this film, Patrick... Had you seen this, Greg? Had you seen it before? Mm-hmm. I have, yeah. Oh, you had? Okay. So I didn't know that. So my first thought when Patrick picked this was like, oh, Greg hates musicals. Let's do that one. <laughs> so uh, I was like, yes. So uh, because I knew that uh, part, Greg, uh, what did you think of in, a, in the apocalypse? You guys ready? He's cracking his fingers. It's going to be bad. Here we go. <laughs> no, no, yeah. no. This won't be bad at all. Um, like I said, I've already seen, I saw this, I think back in September, October, just cause I was curious. I, I don't hate it at all. I, I actually enjoyed the, uh, the story and the premise of what it is. Yes. The musical thing is not my favorite. And I think it detracts from the movie. I think it adds a little bit of lightheartedness, which helps. And that's, it's nice, 
but for me, musicals, if you, you stop and pause the story so that you can sing a song about what's going on in the story, it just, it pulls me out of it. The movie didn't do that as much because I feel like it made fun of itself a little bit for what it was, you know, at the, at the end of the musical number, they would go right back to what they were doing, which I enjoyed. As far as the story goes, I mean, it's your standard apocalypse zombie taking over uh, the world type film. So there's not a lot of uh, creativity that you get out of that. I think the creativity comes in the zombie kills, which I thought they did a fantastic job with the relationships between the, uh, the high schoolers, uh, which I liked. I thought they did a really good job with those and how they ended the film, which I actually really, really liked. The thing that I liked the most about the ending of this film is it's not a, uh, a typical musical ending where you, and they, they kind of sing about it at the beginning. You, you don't get your typical Hollywood ending. It's not uh, it's not a happy ending. And it just, it kind of ends with the three people in the car. They don't know what's going to happen next. They don't know what life's going to bring them. And I think it, it, it leaves it on a note of foreboding of, realism you know what would happen in this situation if there was truly a zombie apocalypse you would be traveling somewhere you don't know what's going to happen you don't know what's going to go on that's what i really liked about it Uh, a great movie i definitely think you should check it out um i i consider adding it to my my favorite christmas horror movies i don't know that i could push it over into actually adding it on there but it's it's a good watch it's definitely a good watch i'm gonna have you go here in a second patrick I'm curious as to why you picked it, which I should have picked on you first. I, the one thing I will say, Greg, that you kind of touched on it a little bit, uh, but like, you know, the one thing about if you go see a musical, it's like, we're talking, we're talking, we're talking. Now we're stopping and now we're going to sing and there's a dance. And then like, you know, and then we stop singing and now we're either moving to the next thing or we're talking, talking, talking again. The one thing I thought that in, in, in the apocalypse did really well with their, their musical part of this was their transitions Mm -hmm. were really well done as far as weaving in and out of getting in and getting back out of the song. Um, There wasn't that like, like now we're singing, now we're stopping, now we're moving on. They, they weaved in that pretty well. I thought. And that's where I thought they, they, uh, you know, they kind of made fun of themselves. Like we know we're stopping, we know we're singing. We're going to go right back into what was going on. I I think they did a really good job with that. Patrick. The purpose of music in musicals is a... I'm about to get a lesson, aren't I? <laughs> Educated, Greg. <laughs> no. What it is, is that when, when the emotions become so heightened, that's when the songs begin. That is the purpose of music in musicals. And I feel that they handled that really, really well within this film. I'm going to jump back to why did I pick this movie? Well, we knew that we had... Maybe two podcasts before the end of the year. And traditionally, we've usually done a Christmas horror film mm-hmm. during one of those uh, podcasts at the end of the year. And I know that this was something that we had seen, that all of us had seen. And with us kind of slowing down on the podcast just because of COVID and all this other crap, and it has been more difficult to do the podcast, I figured I'd just give us a better opportunity to be able to do this. It is a movie that we'd seen so we can come into this somewhat prepared anyway. I also suggested it because I really enjoy this movie. Mm-hmm. It, to me, it's a lot of fun. Dare I say it's like high school musical thrown into John of the Dead, Dead something like that, mm-hmm. uh, because I hate high school musical. I really do. Mm-hmm. And because it's too cheesy. And, and it's strange to say that because the opening numbers in this film are kind of cheesy, but not really. Their characters talking about wanting to get out of the rut that they're in, out of the situations that they're in. So that opening number in the cafeteria, I thought was really, really strong for what they were doing. But then we also transition into one of the next songs, which is Anna coming out of her house, singing in complete dichotomy to what is going on around Mm -hmm. her. Because her and her friend, John, I believe his name is John. Yeah, John. (laughs) Are singing about all these hopeful, wonderful things. And it's like, I I can't remember the name of the movie now. It's it's one of the Day of the Dead, Dawn of the Dead, one of those. It's the opening scene of Dawn of the Dead. Of Dawn of the Dead. Playing behind behind her. All this shit is happening while she's singing this wonderfully 
happy song. And I just thought it captured the moment really, really well up until they both end up in the, uh, the little park and the snowman. Yeah. yeah. And from that moment on, it just caught me and kept me till the end. I was just mm-hmm. fixated on this movie. This movie, when I, I tried catching it when it came out in 2017, <clears throat> it had distribution issues so it didn't really hit anywhere until 2018 i watched it then loved it it is at the top of my list for christmas horror films just because it's so much fun it's got elements of shawn of the dead it's got you know like i said it's a musical which musicals are dear to me i love them i direct them i act in them i just love musicals anyway so that's why i chose the film I can't say enough about this being kind of a mashup of, of so many films that are out there and they just embraced the humor very well. There are points I just would laugh out loud. For me, I would say the one drawback is the performance of the headmaster. To me, he was a little annoying and I think it was mostly because of the voice affectation that he was taking to do it. I don't know if it's because he's not a singer. Maybe he is a really great singer and he just decided to play it that way. But, but his performance, I think is the one drawback to this movie. I'm so glad you brought that up, Patrick. Uh, but keep going though. Cause I'll, I'll touch on, finish up. No, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much done. I'll, I'll be able okay. to respond to other people's comments. Yeah, yeah, you, you pretty much punched on everything uh, that, you know, you could really talk about in this movie. That scene with, uh, them them singing that song and them and them and the the dawn of the dead stuff going on in the background is probably one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie. Yeah, I, I love the scene. All the songs are really catchy, but I I also don't remember I don't remember some of the songs from the first time I watched this movie. Like the the scene where uh, they run into the uh, the ex boyfriend and their friends. And the, they they break out in a song and then bake. You know they 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 uh, beat up those four. Uh, like I think they're runners, those girls or whatever. Yeah, it's like uh, a lacrosse team or something. Yeah, yeah. Or was it? I thought uh, they were cheerleaders. <laughs> yeah, I didn't remember that scene at all. But again, love that the the killing of the snowman is where I lost Emma when they cut the head off the snowman and that happened. She's like, I'm out, so she left right after that. <laughs> um, the the fight scene in the bowling alley, like I oh. love that. Um, it's super fun. Um, but then there's there's um there's some really good spots in this movie too where they slow it down and the fun and the funny are gone and those are some of the best scenes in the film. Um, Greg, you want to talk about? Can it, can I just want to point out one yeah, it, was the uh, the scene where I think her name was Steph, the yep. uh, the really blonde haired girl, yep. was sneaking back into that office mm-hmm. and she's got the other the two guys or the two kids. Uh, yep. I wish I could remember their names and I apologize. I can't. So when she's crawling out and then the zombies actually start attacking them and both of them get bit, mm-hmm. you see this look on their eyes of, okay, well, we're going to die, but we're going to die together. It's a really sweet moment actually. Right. Yeah. yeah. I um, think it was Chris and Lisa. Is that sound yes, right? Yes. There they are. That's what it was. Yes. Thank the you. Love interests. Yeah. Yeah. They, they played that scene really well. It was just a really bittersweet, but- like love moment. Yeah, because mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's a it, the movie's been around for a couple of years now. We can spoil the the fact that they sacrifice themselves to to that they're not the only ones. There are people throughout this movie willing to sacrifice themselves for each other. Mm-hmm. And I felt that the 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 realness of those situations in and I'm quoting my fingers here um, <laughs> in an unrealistic film worked mm-hmm. absolutely. absolutely. And harken back to that at the very end her one friend that had the, the sweater that lights up and then yeah, the very John. show him as, as a zombie, <laughs> oh, yeah. but they show a little bit of that. He still has a little bit of his, his humanity mm-hmm. by what he does at the end. Same thing with her dad, <laughs> uh, some other items. I think it's worth noting the actress that played Stephanie as well. I thought she played a really interesting character. I agree. Yeah, as she was, she was kind of a hero. She was an understated heroine mm-hmm. in this movie that normally you would see get killed off, right? Yet survived. 
Yeah. I, I like that they played uh, almost against type in this. I mean, obviously you knew Anna was going to survive. It was her movie. Mm-hmm. But after that, anybody was fair game. You, you right. couldn't pick who ended up at the end of there if you wanted to. Right. And I, I really appreciate that they did that. I mean, that's, that's kind of your typical horror movie. You, you've got kids you don't know who are going to exist at the end of this. Who goes? Yeah. Right. I would um, also say, you know, after having said, you know, the performance by the, the headmaster, Josh, I felt this, and I'm wondering if you felt it as well. Did you feel that that last battle scene was kind of weakened because of the performance there, that duet that was going on in the gymnasium? The, this the is where Anne is going up to save her dad. The spot where, I'm again, spoiler, the spot where he falls off the stage, that whole scene? Right, right. That whole scene leading up to that. I thought it was really cool when he ended up crowd surfing the zombies. Yeah. Because then he was in his world. I mean, he he actually loved that. That was an interesting take. So it's complete opposite for me. I think it was Professor Savage was his name, something like that. That was that was the headmaster. Yeah. Yeah, Tony Savage, yeah. Was probably one of my favorite characters in the movie. Um, I love that guy, but here's why. Here's why. Now I'm going to go this really weird direction. That guy reminded me of Professor Hinkle from Frosty the Snowman. Whenever I think of that movie, like if there was a, a, a person that could play a real life version of Professor Hinkle from Frosty the Snowman, it would be that guy to me. I liked the headmaster. I thought he played the guy that he did a really good job playing a villain in that movie. He was the only villain beyond the zombies in that mm-hmm. movie. And I thought mm-hmm. it was really great that they put somebody in that movie to play that part that it could have just been a zombie movie where those are the, those are the villains and those are the bad guys. And that's what you deal with. But having this other like a live villain who's setting these kids up for absolute failure. I thought that was a great part to put in that movie. And I thought that guy, yeah, he had a really weird nasally voice. Um, So I I got that part of it, Patrick, for sure. But the actual character was a perfect drop into that movie for me. Yeah, Um, I, I I would agree with you on that. He was a very good villain to have in this because you needed to have someone other than the zombies, you needed to have an asshole in order to create more tension other than just life mm-hmm. and death tension. Right. And the boyfriend wasn't it. He well, didn't... And, and he could have been. Could have been. And that's what I like because it took him in a different direction than you expected it. Right. So just overall, like they hit so many different really good moments and spots in this movie. And, and they played every single range from, you know, fun and funny to just really, you know, dark and, uh, and dramatic spots in this movie. And like I said, all the music for me was super catchy. So um, I will say the music is pretty catchy, but it's, it's not music that's going to stick with you. You know, no, like it, a month after watching this, you're not going to remember the lyrics or the tune. You're hundred percent correct. Yeah, I will not. But it but, is catchy. And I got to say, the one song that I think Lisa, her name is Lisa, sings when she's talking about seducing Santa Claus. Yes. <laughs> that, I mean, for a high schooler to sing something about that, about emptying his sack and all this other stuff, all the innuendo in that, in that yeah. song, I was just laughing all the way through that. The, the only other spot I wish they would have put just one more little song was when John is a zombie and that shirt is lit lighting up and he's laying against the wall. I wish they would have just given him a tiny little song right there to sing as a zombie. That is what that he grunts. It would be hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, That's the only other thing for me. They like, they could have like put a spot in there for, but Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that's, I mean, that's, I can't say enough about this movie. Uh, If you haven't seen Anna in the apocalypse and we didn't spoil it too much for you, uh, it's on Prime. It's free. Chase it and go watch it because it's uh, a lot of- Hulu. It's on Hulu, Hulu it's well, on yeah. Prime as well. But it's definitely I watched it on Prime. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. So usually we rate on the we we rate the film. We rate on like a fear and a gore and overall tonight but with when- Anthony Apocalypse. It's it's gonna be a fun 
fun factor yep yeah uh for sure so going down the line gregory fun factor and in the apocalypse yeah i given the fact that it was a musical and i'm not usually drawn towards musicals i did have a lot of fun watching this movie again uh i would give it a seven patrick uh as you can probably tell i just had a lot of fun with (laughs) this movie it's just Something I can turn on, I can play it in the background and still chuckle as I remember the scenes. I could sit and watch it for an hour and 33 and still enjoy it as much as I did the first time. I'm going to give this a fun factor of eight. Yep, I'm on that same seven, eight scale uh, for fun factor. It's good stuff, man. Gore score, Greg. Gore score. I mean, it's a zombie film. You know, there's going to be some great creative deaths. And uh, I I don't think that this one skimped out on it. So I'm going to. I'll give it a seven again. I think there was plenty of blood, plenty of gore, plenty of guts. Uh, you're you're getting it all, and it's all on screen. So seven. Cool, Patrick. There was a lot of blood in this one. I don't know so much about gore. I don't remember seeing a lot of viscera. I think the goriest kill was probably the snowman, which just made me laugh out loud. I'm going to give it about a six just from blood content alone. I noticed that there was a lot of like chunkiness within the blood. So I I assumed that that was like. Yeah, but I didn't see a lot of, I didn't see a lot of intestines or things like that that are normally associated with a zombie film. The intestines came out in uh, the final scene when uh, the teacher got killed at the end. Yep. So uh, for that, yeah, six, seven is uh, my, my count. So overall. For Anna and the Apocalypse, Greg, what are we going? Yeah, I, I I don't think you're going to be disappointed if you watch this. If you if you love musicals and you love comedy, if you don't mind a little bit of blood, give this one a shot. Uh, obviously, it's 2017, so if you've seen it now by now, it's not a thing. But uh, definitely give it a watch if you haven't checked it out. So uh, overall, I I'm going to stick with seven. I think it's a a solid movie. Patrick. I think I'm going to go with the same rating that I gave the fun factor, because for me, that's what this movie is, is just a lot of fun. And I'm going to give it an eight. Would I recommend it to a friend? I would recommend this to anybody. I think this is a wonderful film. Could could this be a starter pack movie? This could definitely be a starter pack movie. There just isn't, I mean, the violence, uh, one could argue there's violence in this, but it's not gratuitous violence in any way, Mm -hmm. shape or form. For right. for a zombie film, I think it'd be a, a safe starter pack movie. Yeah, definitely. A safe movie to start with before you start getting into like the Dawns of the Dead and the the ones where they actually take themselves seriously. Right. 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 Uh I'm gonna go with an eight as well. Tons of fun in this movie. I would definitely recommend it. Not even for like even just horror fans. Uh, cause outside of a horror fan, you can watch this film. There's that element to it, but there's a lot of other elements to it that you can find <laughs> in other films that I think you would enjoy in this horror is just a, a small, really to me, horror was a really small part of this movie. This was a musical comedy with horror elements. If you ask me anyway, but uh, yeah, I definitely recommend it to, to anybody uh, mm-hmm. to watch this movie. It's, it's a safe, like you said, a safe starter pack film. So eight for me. All right. Other than that, uh, we'll be back. For the uh, the final 2020 um, top 10 list, it'll be interesting this year because, again, like 2020 was a weird horror film year. So I feel like this is going to be one of those years where like usually we match in some of our choices. But this was a, fil- a, a year where like 2020 horror films were so all over the place that uh, – and there wasn't a lot of like – not that I remember – uh, a lot of like Hollywood horror films that came out. So right. I feel like we're picking the best of like indie horror with a couple of Hollywood horrors in there somewhere. Um, but I'll be really curious to see everybody's list and, and where everything ends up um, and, and how you make that list. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm not sure how well Hollywood horror is going to do this year. Yeah. It's going to be real, real minimal if at all. So, yeah. um, but Patrick, uh, take us out with some plugs. Unless Greg, do you have a plug? I have no there. plug. <laughs> the only plug that we're going to get is uh, we're going to get plugged from Patrick. So, Patrick, <laughs> plug the rights. <laughs> All right. So if you're a fan of the Frightcast, and we know that you are, help us out. Head on over to iTunes or whatever platform you're listening to us on and make sure that you rate and review us. 
You can find us on iTunes, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Play or FM, and many, many more. Make sure that you check us out online. We are on uh, Twitter. We're on Facebook. Uh, just look for Midnight Frightcast, and you should be able to find us. And then also make sure that you check out our films at MidnightFrightFilms.com. Hey, also, if you haven't checked out, uh, Patrick's been doing this really cool thing uh, called the 15-Minute Frightcast that does not involve Greg or myself or, or uh, Maddie. It's just, you know, a, a one-off special guest kind of thing. Well, Tom's been on there a couple times, but he's, he's finding and in, in, in kind of new faces to jump on these 15-Minute Frightcasts, and they're covering older films, but killing it with the people that are on it. I'm really enjoying it, uh, just as, like, somebody watching so if you have not gotten a chance, go back and watch those 15-minute broadcasts too because uh, killing it on those. Um, but otherwise, for myself and Patrick and Gregory, this has been Midnight Broadcast episode number 89. Uh, we'll see you for number 90.